Times are hard for Americans right now. Inflation is affecting everyone. High fuel prices, high food prices, skyrocketing utility bills. It's easy to see why so many of our friends and neighbors feel it may be time to make a change. But let us not forget what is truly important as Election Day approaches, and that is believing that you are morally and intellectually superior to every person in your life. Our society places a huge importance on appearing to be the idealized individual based on criteria that changes from week to week. Unfortunately, actually being an altruistic person is time-consuming and requires you to spend time around the lesser people who may not agree with everything you think and feel. But do you know what is quick and easy? Voting straight Democrat on November the 8th. Simply by voting a straight ticket on Election Day, it will allow you to look down on your co-workers, friends and loved ones, both online and in person, for two entire years, without all the hard work and expense of actually being a good person. This is the most important election of our history. Our democracy is hanging by a thread. So on November the 8th, do what is best for America, and more importantly, do what is best for your social media profiles and vote Democrat like we told you to. Don't make us lock everything down again. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Fresh Frozen Southerner podcast. My name is Jay. I hope all is well, and I hope everyone had a happy Thanksgiving. And guys, if you ever go and look at the Fresh Frozen Southerner Facebook page, and I hope that you do, You will see that on Halloween, I posted that I had taken a group of kids trick-or-treating, and the average age of the group was 17.25 years. That is not a joke. That actually happened. I went out with a group of kids. It was my 17-year-old son, my 15- and 17-year-old nephews, and my daughter, who was a couple of hours away from turning 20. Now, a lot of people say that teenagers shouldn't be trick-or-treating, and I kind of think it's weird. It's not what I would have chosen for them to do that night, but that's what they all wanted to do. And on the list of things that teenagers that age could be out doing on a Halloween evening, that is the most wholesome thing that they could be going out doing. Now, I'm sure they got some odd looks, but nobody complained about, you know, I mean, my nephews are like six foot tall. Nobody complained about teenagers coming. Everybody was friendly, and there weren't a lot of people out in the neighborhood we were in. Now, the neighborhood we were walking is very hilly, and I've noticed just in the time that I've had children, if you live on a hill, you don't get trick-or-treaters anymore because the kids are too lazy to walk up a damn hill. If you go to a neighborhood where it's nice and flat and they can just walk around, you'll see thousands of kids. And do not get me started on the parents that drive their kids from house to house. If your kid is so lazy that he can't get out and earn that candy by walking house to house, he doesn't deserve any candy. I never had a ride to go trick-or-treating, and I lived in a rural area. I had to walk like two miles just to hit five houses. So if your kid can't get out there and earn that candy, they don't deserve it. And you are ruining that kid by teaching him that he should be chauffeured house to house on Halloween. Sorry, I had to get that off my chest. All right, guys, it's election day, or actually it's the night before election day as I'm recording this. And I just wanted to talk to you about the age old question, does your vote matter? And I'm here to tell you that, yes, it absolutely does. And it's actually two reasons. I'm going to explain to you now why that's true. Number one, a lot of people think that if the person you vote didn't win, you've wasted your vote. 
And that's just not the way our system is set up. The founders envisioned that you would go to the polling place, you would vote your conscience, and it did not matter if that person won or lost. You had cast your vote for who you thought was the best candidate, and you had fulfilled your duty as a citizen. A lot of people think, you know, if somebody's weighing the polls, say the Republicans weighing the polls, but you're a Democrat, a lot of people won't go vote because, well, me and my guy's not going to win. So what does it matter? It does matter. You're supposed to vote your conscience. You're supposed to put your support behind the candidate you think is the going to do the best job. And beyond that, nothing else really matters. It would be great if your guy won. It would really be great if for freaking once, one of these people turned out to not be a complete jackass and did exactly what they said they were going to do. But let's not ask for too much. You're just supposed to vote for the person that you think is going to do the best job. And that's what you're supposed to do. That's your duty. The other reason that it absolutely matters that you're, I'm sorry, I'm kind of babbling at this point. The other reason that your vote absolutely matters is simply because that's your money that these politicians are wasting. And I've been thinking about this a lot for about the last two weeks because my son just got his driver's license. Now, the way it works in Pennsylvania, when you get your driver's license, you get a driver's license at the DMV that day. But that's not your actual driver's license, even though it's exactly the same plastic cards, got your picture, all the information's there. It is a driver's license except for the fact that it has temporary printed across the whole thing in big red letters. Your actual driver's license will be sent to you in the mail from another location. It will look 100% identical to what they handed you at the DMV, except it won't say temporary on it. Now, the real lunacy comes in when you get to looking at the temporary license and you see that it's only good for four days. Why in the name of God is it only good for four days? They know good and damn well that it's going to take more than four days to mail you your driver's license. If no, if for no other reason, because the DMV doesn't get in a hurry over anything. So they know that that is going to expire before you get your new one. You're going to be walking around with a worthless hunk of plastic in your pocket. Not to mention, you know, you're paying somebody $35,000, $40,000 a year plus benefits, and they're going to retire when they're 50, and you're going to pay them you know, state benefits and their full salary for the rest of their freaking lives, postage to mail it to you, the time, having two separate machines because they can print the licenses at the DMV you were at. Now, I know this is true because my wife, while my son was out doing the driver's test, she renewed her license and they printed an actual driver's license for her. So why do they have to go through this big convoluted mess and make you wait and have you sitting there with a driver's license that technically is not legal for you to drive on? Because, again, it's going to take a week and a half for you to get your actual license. Why on earth do they do it that way? I haven't really researched this, but I'm going to hazard a guess, and I guarantee you that it is 100% accurate. Back in the day, somebody in Harrisburg, which is the state capital of Pennsylvania, had a wife or girlfriend or a cousin or a niece or a nephew or just a good friend that needed a job. So they decided that, well, you know, what we can do is we can create an office and we can create a position for this person and we'll let them work for the DMV. And their job is just going to be they're going to get requests from all the DMVs in Pennsylvania and they're going to print off the license and mail it to them, and that'll be their job, and that way I can take care of this person that I just I want to give them a nice, cushy state government job. The problem with that is 
How much of a waste is that? I mean, just beyond the fact that you're going to get stuck with a driver's license that technically will not allow you to drive for probably longer than it would let you drive because it's going to expire after the fourth day. Go to all the expense, have to hire people. They're you know paying rent on an office. They Like I said, they bought a duplicate driver's license machine because the DMV has that machine. How much money of the taxpayer dollars is that just wasting in the state of Pennsylvania? And that's just one tiny little thing. I guarantee you that any endeavor that the state government takes on, I'm sure it is just riddled with kickbacks and sweetheart deals and grift and overspending and just downright fraud. And if you look at every state in the union, it's probably exactly the same way. Now, Pennsylvania has got a little bit of a reputation for being more corrupt than most governments. But there again, in the word I just said, more corrupt. Not they're corrupt and others aren't. They're all corrupt to some point, but just Pennsylvania really takes a lot of pride in their their grift game. I was speaking to an individual about two months ago that had been hired to be a county controller or manager. I'm not sure exactly what his title was, but he was hired for the position. It was not an elected position. And basically, he is supposed to oversee the budget for this county. He said he had been on the job for about two weeks, and he was very seriously considering quitting simply because of just all the the garbage and the corruption that he had encountered just in that first two weeks. He was saying that if the county needs some work done, you know, obviously they don't have construction crews, they don't have paving crews, they don't have electricians on the payroll. They contract that stuff out to privately owned businesses. The way the process is supposed to work is they're supposed to put out a notice that they're looking for road paving or power line repair, something like that. And then companies are supposed to bid. They're supposed to get a minimum of three bids and then choose from there. And it's supposed to be done by like a three person committee. He said everything that he had encountered, it was just one person. They weren't taking bids. They just they had a buddy that had a construction company or an electrician, something down the line. And they were just giving them the job. And, you know, they're getting overcharged because that person, they know they're not in a competition for the bid. They're going to inflate their prices. Probably that person that did the picking probably gets a nice little uh, a nice little card with some uh, green bills in it at Christmas time. I'm sure there's kickbacks for all this stuff, but you know, this is just, you know, hey, I'll give my buddy this job. He'll get to make a really good profit because we're going to way overpay for whatever work we're having done. That stuff goes on all the time. How much money that I pay into the state of Pennsylvania is literally just going to this grift and corruption? I bet if everything was done just straight as an arrow by the book, I bet that I would only have to pay half. And I'd be surprised if it was just half. I bet you could reduce my state taxes by half. Just imagine on the government, le- uh, the, the federal government level. Imagine how much that is. And I don't know about you. Uh, me and my wife, we, we're comfortable. We're not rich by any stretch of the imagination. But we, we make a good yearly income. I was looking at my taxes If I had the money that we paid to the federal government in taxes last year, I could walk onto a car lot and purchase a brand new car with cash and drive off the lot free and clear. Now, it would not be a nice car, but I could I could buy a small sedan. I could buy a Toyota or a Honda or something, a Ford or a Chevy and just pay cash with just what I paid to the federal government last year. And every time I think of that figure, it makes me sick to know that that's how much we paid. And that's why they do it through payroll deductions. So, you know, it's a little here, a little there. You don't really notice it. I heard a 
saying years ago, and I don't remember who said it, is if you want smaller government, you have your voting ballot on the back of your tax return and you have to pay your taxes in one lump sum. You have to write a check and that day is also election day. So you pay your taxes and you vote in the same form and you mail it in. And and that's absolutely true. If people knew how much the government was taken out of their pocket every day, people would want something different and they wouldn't put up with all this this grift and corruption. And that's really the what it comes down to. It's our fault. I mean, the politicians are just doing what we're allowing them to do. If you put somebody in office and tell them, you know, hey, unlimited budget and we're not going to check on you, go nuts, they're going to go nuts. They will do whatever we allow them to do. They will get away with as much as we allow them to get away with. Now, I'm speaking more specifically about state governments and local governments right now because I just election day is only 24 hours long. So we don't have time to talk about just the nonsense that the federal government does. Although I will throw in one quick story. When I was in middle school, a friend of mine was doing a project for I think it was civics class, U.S. history. I don't remember. But he was doing his project on government overspending. And he actually tracked down a 1-800 number that was a federal office, had employees, and it probably didn't have a lot, but it did have employees. And again, they were paying rent for a structure, uh, office equipment, paying salaries for the people there, benefits, the, you know, the whole nine yards. The only thing that this office did is if you called this 1-800 number, this office would give you a 1-800 number to call a different office. And when you called that office, which again, paying rent on office space, office equipment, employees, benefits, everything that goes with it, they would take down your address and they would send you a VHS video on how to give your cat a massage. I wish I was making that up. That sounds like a joke. It's not. But back to the state governments, you know, I've, I've talked ad nauseum about how bad the roads are in Pennsylvania. And the roads are pretty crappy in any state I've been in. Some states do better than others. Uh, believe it or not, West Virginia has some really nice roads. Now, part of that is the population of West Virginia is very small. There's not a lot of traffic in and out. So the roads aren't getting beat to death the way they are in more populated areas. Of course, the flip side of that coin is you have less people purchasing gas, which the Road taxes built into the cost of a gallon of gas, so you have less income to repair those roads. But the roads in West Virginia are actually quite nice. If you own a motorcycle, I recommend going to West Virginia because you've got really nice maintained roads. Any road you pick is going to be this curvy mountain road. It's probably going to give you some, some great views. You may go through a coal camp or two that is about as depressing as any town you'll ever see in your life. But for the most part, it's beautiful scenery, fantastic roads, and very little traffic that you got to watch out for. So if you own a motorcycle, definitely make West Virginia a destination on your bucket list. It doesn't, that seems a little counterintuitive, but I'm telling you that is some of the best riding in this country. But I mentioned earlier, you know, people getting these sweetheart deals in Pennsylvania, these no-bid contracts. There's an intersection that I go through quite a bit that had been repaved about a year and a half ago. Well, all that paving is peeling up and it the road is as, in as crappy a condition as it was a year and a half ago before they repaved it. And where it's coming up, you can see, number one, the pavement that they put down is less than half an inch thick. I mean, they put down just, I mean, it basically just a skim coat of fresh blacktop. They did not prepare the roadbed at all. They just blacktopped over this horrible mess. And of course, it's right back to where it was. 
Now, do you think that they gave the state of Pennsylvania a cut rate price since they were doing a cut rate job? Absolutely not. Again, this is a no-bid contract. They probably went double or triple over what it would actually cost somebody to pave that little stretch of road if you were just paying out of pocket. But that's the kind of work that we're getting for this. There's no oversight. There's no budgetary restraints on what these people are doing. I mean, they're just doing, I mean, just enough to where they say, there, we did it. And it just all goes to hell after about one winter and you're right back to where you were dodging potholes and just getting your car beat to death. I've got a family member and she had run flat tires on her car, which otherwise I would have been driving out to the middle of nowhere to, to take care of her car. But she made it back to our house and the next day her tire was flat and I pulled that tire off to look at it and there was a cut. It looked like you'd hit it with a hatchet. I mean, it just ripped the sidewall out of that tire and she had hit a pothole. Now, she was fortunate enough to not have the rim of her car damaged, which I've seen that quite a bit. People will come in with a flat tire and the rim is either cracked or bent so bad that the new tire won't won't seal. You can't put a new tire on the rim. And then you've got, instead of paying 150 for a new tire, you're paying 1000 because you're having to get a new wheel that matches all the other wheels on your car. And those things ain't cheap. But it's not just the roads. All of our infrastructure is all to hell. You know, the bridges are unsafe. The electrical grid is just enough to keep the lights on in most cases. There is a town just south of us called Hazleton. Now, Hazleton has got a city reservoir that their backup system for the water supply is if the reservoir gets below a certain point, there is a pump that is supposed to pump water out of the Lehigh River into the reservoir. Well, we have had a pretty dry year. The reservoir is dangerously low, but they can't pump water out of the Lehigh River because the pump system that is supposed to pump that water has been broken for about a year and a half. Well, if you know that's your backup system and you know it's been broken for a year and a half, what have you been doing? I'm sure the people in Hazleton have been paying their city taxes for all that time. It's just the city government hasn't bothered to do their job. And now they've got to a point where they barely have any water. They're rationing the water. They're asking their citizens to only use the water that they absolutely have to. You know, a lot of people are reporting that the water's very muddy because it's pulling sediment up where the water's so low and it's trying to pump water into the water system. Again, there are people that their entire career is supposed to be taking care of this crap. But we don't pay attention. We don't care. We just expect them to do an awful job. But we still pay our taxes and we go about our lives. Why do we do this crap? We're paying these people. And it's not just that we're paying the people. It's our money they're spending at their job. So they're double dipping on us and we're not getting anything in return. And it's gone on for so long and it's just become a part of Americana that we have sayings, you know, as crooked as a politician or you've got a politician's chance in hell. Why are these jokes? Why are we not furious? Why are we not throwing these people out of office left and right? Why do we keep voting for just the same jackass year after year after year? Why do we expect so little from these people? Have you heard about the bullet train debacle in California? California passed a resolution to install a bullet train that was supposed to cost, I think, $20 million is what they said initially that would go from San Francisco to Los Angeles and was supposed to do close to 300 miles an hour. Now, it's been several years. They have spent $90 billion, and they have laid zero feet of track. And now they're even saying that, you know, it's not going to go from San Francisco to 
Los Angeles. It's going to go from someplace called Merced that I've never even heard of to another city that I've never heard of that I can't remember off the top of my head. And again, they have not laid one single foot of track for $90 billion. Now, California has a population of 39 million. They've spent $90 billion doing nothing. That means that the people of California have paid $2,307 per person to not have high-speed rail. And again, you know, this stuff is payroll deductions. People don't really pay attention to what they're paying in the state taxes. But that's it's not just government money. It's they took two thousand dollars away from you and they just I mean, they might as well just like ripped it up in front of you and thrown it out a window. And I don't know about those people. I could definitely use an extra two thousand dollars right now. I would love to have two thousand dollars of my tax dollars back. I don't get anything back from the government. We usually have to pay. It's usually not a great deal, but we do have to write a check every May when it's uh, tax time. But it would be nice to get a little bit back. Of course, that's not the way our government works. There was a saying that I've never seen the government get handed a blank check that they didn't cash. Okay, guys, we're going to take a quick break, and I'll be right back after this. Do you remember how good life was a few years ago? Think back to the halcyon days of cheap gas, full store shelves, and just walking into a building without having some mask Nazi yelling at you from behind a plexiglass shield. Wouldn't you like to have that life back? If the answer is yes, then all you have to do is vote straight Republican when you step into the booth on November the 8th. This is the most important election in our nation's history. We are on the brink of losing our entire democracy. We know you've been disappointed with how the Democrats have handled our nation for the last two years. Well, now it's our turn to fill that role. A wise man once said, it's the economy, stupid. And you would have to be stupid not to realize how over the moon we are about all the free votes that the terrible Biden economy is going to drop into our laps on Tuesday. Sometimes a politician can win by running a strong campaign and connecting with voters. And sometimes you can win by looking somewhat competent by way of comparison. And we at the RNC are poised to reap the benefits of your misfortune. We love this country, and we want to strike a blow against un-American behavior like lockdowns, mask mandates, and vaccine mandates. We promise that we will never pass a law that infringes on your personal freedoms. In relation to COVID, we may have some opinions about some other things. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. And we're back. All right, this is about all I want to say on this subject because, frankly, it's a little bit depressing. Again, it's my money, it's your money that these fools are wasting. We're giving them the job, and we're telling them that we just simply don't care what they're doing with the money. I keep hoping that the middle part of the country, the people that still have a little bit of rational thought, not the idiots on the extremes on the left and the right, will start to wake up and will make some changes to the people that we vote in and what we expect out of our politicians. But that's really why your vote is important on this election day, because there is only one thing that is keeping these jackasses from just going complete balls to the wall Caligula with the money that they have access to. And that is that they want to get reelected. So they've got to kind of pump the brakes. It doesn't do a lot, but it does keep them in line a little bit. I have no doubt that if we would just, you know, step back completely, these people, it would turn into like a scene from Event Horizon where they're sitting on a throne laughing while there's just all manner of debauchery and sadism going on around them. 
but they want to get reelected. And that is the one and only thing that makes them pause even just a little bit. So your vote absolutely matters. And it doesn't matter if your guy wins or loses tomorrow or today as you hear this. All that matters is that you let them know that you're still out there. You haven't completely checked out and you're not paying any attention at all. You've got to show them that you still have a voice and you want it to be heard. And I want to close with a message to the politicians, again, not the federal level, mostly just the state and the local governments. If you have a county position or a state position, you're not really a legislature. You are an administrator. You don't have a political seat. You have a damn job. And it's about 50 years past due that we expected these people to actually do what we hire them to do. And again, that's on us. It's not really on them. It's too late to do better this election cycle, but I'm really going to be hammering this a year from now that you have got to get out to the primaries. You've got to vote for some people that have a little bit of sense and is not a career politician. Those people are out there. The higher up the chain you go, the more rare it is because you have to have something seriously wrong with you and the way you think and look at yourself and the world around you to put yourself through what you would go through if you're running for a federal position. But on the state level, there are still good people The good people that get into state politics, a lot of them will drop out after a couple of years because what they see going on sickens them. And some people will just get twisted by the system and they turn into every other politician. But there are good people out there. There are good people that are running for seats all through the state and all through your county. You have got to find those people and give them your support. Like I say, not today. It's too late for that now. But I'm going to be hammering this hard in about a year. But with all that said, get out and vote because it does matter. I know it doesn't feel like it matters, but it really does. So get down to your polling place, cast your vote, and hang on for the next two years because it's going to be the same shit show we've been going through for the last 40 years, trust me. All right, guys, that's about all I've got to say today. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you didn't, thank you for sitting with me this long anyway. If you did enjoy it, please leave me a like and a comment. And, of course, a subscription would be greatly appreciated. You can leave me a comment at freshfrozensoutherner at gmail.com or on the Fresh Frozen Southerner Facebook page. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your work week. I hope everybody you voted for won, unless they're nut jobs. And then I hope they lost, and I hope you're ashamed of yourself. Have a good day, and we will talk again very soon. Thank you very much.